you're going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy certain point if you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status we i mean i'm not even i'm not even saying eat meat but at least put some cereal in the milk come on <laughs> you that's like taking 666 the mark of the beast and redefining it like biggie tried to do and saying no it means this or that no, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. kingdom of God requires what? Self-denial, com contentment, and what? Focus. Self-denial. That's the first thing. If any man will come after me, he must first do what? Deny himself. That's it. That's first. He said you must first deny himself. Then he said, take up your cross. Follow me. I mean, handle your business. And stay focused. That's all he said. Denial, contentment, and focus. If we lack in these areas, then it will be hard to keep our eyes on God's will. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the what? And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Folks, stop there all the time. Keep going. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What is he saying? He's saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about things. Look at somebody and say, don't worry about things. And he wasn't talking about material things. He was talking about food and clothing and shelter, basic needs. He said, I'll take care of that. Now, that don't mean you go quit your job and just work on God. No, he's going to take care of it through your job. Because man sinned and man has to work. Amen. So he's not overriding what he did in the garden. He's just telling you, I'll be there. I'll help you. I'll, I'll help you keep that job. And if the, you lose that job, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure another job comes. You're not going to starve. As long as you work. Amen. Because if you don't work, you don't what? You will starve. The Lord let me starve. No, you didn't work. People of God won't bring me no food because you won't work. You ain't getting my food. Amen. I'm serious. You ain't working. You know, every now and then I give a bomb some money if the Lord lead me to it. But most of the time the Lord don't lead me to that. Especially if they looking stronger than me. I'm like, bro, you eating somewhere. Yeah, on the cell phone. Thank you. <laughs> is a funny image. The kingdom of God is not making money, being lifted up in the eyes of men, or earthly success. None of that's the kingdom. None of that's the kingdom. No, because this, that's not what the disciples were about. That's not what Jesus was about. Jesus needs some money. He said, go get a fish. Fish is in the, is in the mouth. I'm not, you know. What about this? That's stuff that you're supposed to do anyway. 
That's just life. It's not the kingdom of God. That's just human life. Making money, being lifted up in the eyes of men or earthly success. That's just stuff, things. That's not God's plan. But it is the ultimate plan of God for his creation. That's the kingdom of God. What is the ultimate plan of God for his creation? To abide in the roles he created us in for his good pleasure. That's the ultimate plan. For you to one day grow up, get married, have some children, and enjoy life with them. It's God's plan. Some people don't agree with that, and that's okay. But that's God's plan for everyone. Every one of us, because that's what he created us for. That's why you have testicles and she got a womb. No, but that's it. That's the, that's the ultimate plan. That's why you got a womb. That's why you, I mean, that's it. You get married and have some children. He told them, be fruitful and multiply. Because I'm going to sit back and watch it, and I'm going to enjoy this. That's what God is saying. I'm just going to enjoy it. You know, so the man, you work a job, woman, if you want to work, you can work. Y'all, y'all can do whatever y'all want to do. <laughs> really? You can just, have, just, just, just make it what you want. And God is going to get pleasure out of it as long as it lines up with what he wants. Y'all got it? Yeah. But it is the ultimate plan of God for his creation. <laughs> Philippians 2 and 13. For it is God which worketh in you to what? Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So you do what he wants and then you do some of the things you want. All of it is for his good pleasure. Sure, there are pleasures on earth we are allowed to enjoy. Amen. There are some pleasures. Some of you like to fish. Get on a boat and fish. Some of you like to ride bikes like I do. Some of you like to, you know, bake and cook. Some of you, you know, y'all all got the things y'all like to do. It's okay. Enjoy yourself. Look at somebody say, enjoy yourself. Just don't sin. God does reward us with good times. Man, when you, especially when you have children, you have the best of times. Watching them do stuff, have fun. I think every day in our house, we got to have one good gut-busting laugh. I mean, I'm just, that's just the way I am. I got to laugh. Something's got to be funny. So we will find it somewhere in the house. We're going to all laugh together. That's just that's mandatory. So we're going to have a good time. Even in the midst of a non-ideal circumstance. We talked about that last week. You may not be living in the best neighborhood. But you can have fun in your house. Amen? The key is to remain focused so that the pursuit of pleasure doesn't interrupt our contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That's gain, not gain. The Bible says right before it says this, that gain is not godliness. But godliness with contentment is great gain. That means that even though, you know, deep down, of course everybody wants something better than what they have. Everybody want to upgrade, right? But I ain't tripping on that. I'm going to remain what? Focused. I'm going to remain focused. So that the pursuit of pleasure doesn't interrupt my contentment. Because when you go after things and heap it upon yourselves and they are bad decisions, now your focus is jacked. But if you stay content, you could stay focused. Is that making sense? I hope y'all are getting this. Our godly contentment is based on our ability to change what we want into what God wants for us. Did you hear that? So if you want godly contentment, you got to forget about what you want and you got to want what God wants. That's how you are content. 
You got to want what God wants for you, and then you're cool. But if you're always wanting what you want, then you're going to be discontent. One of my uncles passed years ago, he used to always say, what does a man that have everything want? More. He has everything, and he still wants more, because there's no satisfying the flesh. So once you get on that path of self-gratification, it's crazy. You know, I was dealing with a, a, a couple... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they, they're trying to buy a house. But I'm, you know, I'm not their pastor, so their pastor, you know, told them something else. But they asked me, and I said, I wouldn't buy the house because you can, uh, you, you're in a nice apartment now, and that's what you can afford. You need to stay there until you at least save up some money or get a better job because you are, you, you're just barely making it where you are. So if you get a house, remember I talked about it last week, you know, you need to make three times more than what the house is. Any banker or financial person would tell you that. So I'm just telling this. And they're like, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to go on and do it and, and we can do it. But what they don't realize is you are jacking with your contentment. See, if you're not content, you're going to mess your focus up. Because if you get in that house, then she's going to have to step her hours up at work. You're going to have to step your hours or get a second job. And then the kids. But you're not thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? Then. You and, you and him, y'all really don't even like each other that much right. now anyway. Right. Y'all think the house going to make you like each other more, but now y'all really ain't going to ever see each other. So you're going to get inter- interested in somebody on your job. Right. He's going to get interested in somebody on his job. All hell is going to break loose all because he wasn't content. You see what I'm saying? Y'all see the setup? People can't see the setup until they do it. Then they're like, man, I wish I had listened to you. Shut up! Go on ahead then. I hang up in your face. You. Because I told you. You got to think about that stuff. But that's what the devil wants to do, man. He want to get you right out there. He want to get you out there. And you can't even see it. That's why God sends men to tell you. Our godly contentment is based on our ability to change what we want into what God wants. But in most cases, we are being preached to about how to make what we want what God wants for us. So we're being told to make what we want God's will. So everything we want, it's God's will. He want me to prosper. He want me to get stuff. He want me to be the bomb. He want everybody to know my name. God is, see, God want me to get out there and enlarge my borders and make my ministry bigger. You just made what you want what God wants. I enlarge my body. Come on, Lord. Put me out there. Get me out there. Because if you get me on the tizzoop, I'll be preaching your word all day. God be like, man, please. <laughs> get me out there, Lord. Y'all hear people praying that. Increase, increase, increase. Why you always increase? Let's increase common sense. Increase your brain cavity. Can we increase that? Psalms 37 and 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he'll do what? He's going to give your heart what to desire. That means he's going to change your desires into his desires. I'm a living witness. He did that for me. If anybody knew me in the 90s, I was all about the music. I was traveling the country, signing deals and turning down record deals and had artists and all that, had a record company and all that, and artists you know, uh, y'all saw some of them, uh, uh, Andrea Ham that was on uh, Sunday's Best, she was my artist, I produced her first album, uh, 
Ernest Pugh. I produced his first album back when he was a man. And, um... <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> yeah. So I know all these folks, you know. Some folks think I'm just talking some... No, I, I know these folks. Many prosperity preachers teach that the pursuit of things is God's will, and what we don't have is a lack of faith and believing. These are lies. These are lies. Many of you don't have it because guess what? You can't afford it. Is that because of a lack of faith? Is that a lack of believing? No, it's a lack of cash. Somebody, I would love a yacht. I'd love a yacht. I wouldn't take it nowhere. I'd just get on it while it's docked and just live in there. Just, I mean, just rock and just, I, I don't want to go nowhere because I don't like the water. I just want to sit in it on the, on the dock. I'd love that. But it's the fact that I don't have a dock because I don't have faith. No. Because I don't, the cheapest one I saw was $300,000. I don't have that kind of money to put in a boat that's going to stay on the dock because I ain't riding it. (laughs) Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's not a lack of faith. But these prosperity preachers want to make you believe. You got the faith, go after it. Then you put your whole family in a bind. You put your relationship in a bind. And you just do make bad decisions and bad choices in the infancy of your marriage and your home. And you just mess stuff up forever. Because you chase something. The only thing we should be chasing is God. Not things. These lies cause us to be unfulfilled in this life. So when we put things in that place and chase things, when we don't get the things, we're unhappy. And then that voice comes on Facebook and tells you what you need to be doing to be happy. And they themselves are not happy. Ain't that something? That just mystifies my mind. That you get that call from that family member. I just can't believe you turned out this way. I mean, you making, I mean, if I was you, no, because that would mean I'd have to be you. (laughs) And these lies interrupt our contentment. Proverbs 15 and 27. He that is greedy of gain troubleth what? He that is greedy of gain, always trying to get stuff, messing his house up. These feelings put a strain on our marriages, our physical bodies. I mean, the number one selling pill in America right now is depression. A medicine that makes you feel good no matter what's going on. If that ain't voodoo, I don't know what is. Yes, Somebody got a gun in your head and you laughing. That's voodoo. <laughs> you took a pill that when your husband go inside your head, it feels like he's tickling you. <laughs> you better stop. Teeth just out. Is something wrong with that? You put a strain on your physical body. And that pill is making you feel good about everything that's bad. But did you hear the list of side effects? 
then the commercial, it was so many side effects, the next show it came on and they were still calling them off. <laughs> they was in the next commercial and just had to interrupt. Excuse me, I'm not through. <laughs> you may pass out, you may die. You, you, you may look at folks crazy. Your head may enlarge. Your legs might not work. Your back might go give out. I mean, I would be depressed about my body being jacked up. You know what I'm saying? My legs don't work no more, but I'm taking a depression pill. You ain't depressed. You're just slanging them around laughing. <laughs> I like Brother Charles. He's always in a good mood. He's high. But these feelings, discontentment causes people to get depressed and they need medication because they didn't fulfill the goal that they mama told them they should. They didn't become what their cousins became. But they put a strain on our marriages, our bodies, and usually block us from fulfilling our true creation roles. This is because they are based on superficial exterior things. When we make how much we have represent who we are, then we have stepped away from God's definition of us and conformed to the world's idea of who we should be. 1 Timothy 6 and 10, for the love of money is the root of what? And people stop there. They stop there. The rest is better than that part. It says, which while some coveteth after money, chasing things, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through many what? Sorrows. Mm, mm, mm. Erred from the faith because they're chasing things. They ain't even saved anymore because they're chasing things. Look at somebody and say, godly security. security. This right here is so important. When a person is secure in who they are and what God has called them to be, then the opinions of people do not dictate their future. God is looking for security. If every time somebody says something, you have to reevaluate your life. Don't you hate being around people like that? I took a good look at things. You 50. I'm making a shift. I'm making a shift. My day is coming. And then they go to the church where they just rehearse those sayings, you know? Next level, next level. Look at somebody say, next level, next level, next level. Recreate themselves. Oh, you got a new hairdo. Yeah, because you know things is changing. I have to change my hair. I have to change my clothes. I have to. T- well, if you quit doing the hair and the clothes, you have some money and you can go do something. You spend all your money on the change. You know, they just always got a new outlook because somebody told them that the outlook they had wasn't sufficient. Don't let people dictate your future with their words. When we get in a place of self-denial, we can be content. Knowing that God's plan for us will never satisfy those that didn't follow it. That is, oh, that's just, that's just deep. The people that's talking to you, They'll never be satisfied with God's plan or they would have done it. So what you're doing is going to always upset folks because they didn't do it. They didn't have the courage. They didn't have the God. They didn't have what it takes to do God's will. So they're going to constantly mess with you doing it. 
The negative opinions and pressure that is put on you when you are abiding in God comes from people that could not do it themselves. So they couldn't abide in God's plan. Now they don't want you to because you make them look bad. So they try to take earthly achievements and make those look like God. Like God cares. I got a double master's and a triple doctorate. God don't care. Look at somebody say, God don't care. So what? Examine the source and you will find that most folks that interpret your contentment are jealous. Especially if they see you and your husband really happy with the decisions you've made. That aggravates some folks. Did you know that? They want to come stay with y'all. Yeah, you get a phone call. Man, we, we love to come and just spend some time with you. They mad. Because y'all happy. So they want to come in the house and destroy it. I understand that. Now people telling me, man, my aunt came in my house and she was tired. She was saying this is it. I was like, man, if that had been my house, you either conform to the G. Craig way in my house. Or guess what? Stay at your house. I got relatives that say, I heard you got a nice house. I'm glad you heard because you will never see it. Relatives. And they always try to throw hints. <laughs> I've seen everybody else but yours. Too bad. <laughs> you can't come. Look, see somebody, that's not godly. That's smart. Now, I want you depositing demons in my house. We're, all, we're all happy. You know what I'm saying? Come in your house, in your bathroom late at night. I missed it. <laughs> Leg of lizard, eye of newt. <laughs> Why you in my bathroom? Then come out the bathroom. What, you, what was you doing in there? <laughs> yeah, they coming. They'll call you. They coming to mess your stuff up. Y'all don't know how to tell folks no? No, you can't come. Keep your curses at your house. They don't even know why they are so concerned with your progress. They don't even know why. They can't even tell you why they are saying what they are saying. Because if they would look at their present situation, they would realize that they have no example of success from their own advice. They have no example of success. And yet they got a recipe for you. Can I keep preaching in here? And though they may have things, they have failed at their creation role. Things aren't your creation role. Bad marriage, compromise, bad choices and decisions, bad children, bad health. All of these point to mammon. They chased him and got him and missed out on the kingdom. Luke 16 and 13, no servant can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money, or the God of money. Summary! Creation roles are key and occupying until the Lord comes back. He told us to function in the world. So you got to have a job, got to pay your bills. Some of you go to school, some of you go to vocational school, some of you just go to job training. We should never take on the world's 
definition of who we are and what matters in this life. The world chases the lust of the flesh, stuff, lust of the eye, things, and the pride of life, what everybody thinks. That's what the world chases. The world is always concerned about sexual pleasure, things, and what folks think about the things. That's the world. And they'll define you based on those things. What you have. What you're able to get. What everybody is saying about you. But we should occupy in our God-given creation roles first and foremost. That is the kingdom of God. If God is the king, then he sets the order, rules, and provides us with the right goals. You're going to be in the kingdom of God and not listen to the king? You're going to be in the kingdom of God and not do what the king says? And seeking his plan will add the rest to us. Be of good courage. Some of you, you're having a hard time in school and it's rough. But you know you need to stick it out and finish it. Finish. Be of good courage. Some of you struggling on your job. You know they want to fire you. Go make it hard on your family without that job. Be of good courage. Can I teach y'all today? Be of good courage and do not allow the opinions of people and the pursuit of things in this life to block your contentment and alter God's plan for you. When you're discontent and your contentment is blocked, you alter God's plan. Contentment keeps you in God's way. Luke 18 and 24. He tells the rich man, if you want to come after me, give away everything you have. Young ruler says, but what is everybody going to think? Everybody knows me for everything I have. I'm the rich young ruler. So everybody knows me for the stuff I have. So if I give it up, I ain't gonna have I ain't gonna have nothing. Jesus was like, but you'll have me. Ain't that what you came to me for? Didn't you want me? You said, How can I be down with you? Don't you want to be down with me? Well, yeah, but people are gonna say this. And the Bible said he put his head down and walked away. Then after he walked away, when Jesus saw that he was sad, Jesus said. How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. He's talking about chasing things. For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And y'all know the, the, eye, the, the eye of the needle, the needle was the passageway into a town. And the camel would, could not get through there if the camel was filled with stuff. So if the camel had a whole bunch of things... He couldn't get, he couldn't pass through the thing, the, the needle. So that's why he said it's easier for a camel to go through than a person that has a bunch of stuff. And they that heard it said, who then can be saved? People that, they were basically saying people that don't have anything? Is it about having nothing? That's what they were asking. And Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So I'm not talking about not having nothing. I'm talking about just getting it from God. Then Peter said, Okay, Lord, but we left everything to follow you. He said unto him, Truly I say unto you, There is no man that has left houses, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, comma, who shall not receive 
manifold more in this present time and then in the world to come. Jesus just preached. He said, if you do it my way, you'll get it. But do it my way. Can you do it my way? This scripture right here took me through the worst time in my life. When I tell all, when I'm, I told y'all about the te- television record companies and stuff. No. He's talking about millions of dollars. That these folks are flashing in my face. God was like, but you're going to get money, but then you're going to have to be like Ernest. I'm like, that's all right. I'll be broke before I be broke back. Amen. I just won't have nothing. I ride around listening to my music. like I, I, That's what I said. I told somebody. I said, I just ride around listening to my own music. So I ain't doing that. And God said, because you turned all that down, for me, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to just give it back to you. I'm going to give it to you a hundredfold and your back is going to be straight. That's what he said. So it's not that God ain't into you prospering or having something. He just wants you to do it his way. Can you do it his way? Can you do it in his time? His way and in his time? Be of good courage. In other words, hang in there. Stick it out. Some of you have touched so many people in your life because you are a teacher at school. And that's what God called you to do. But somebody is telling you that that's not good enough. You need to go and further it. And you need to be this and that. And that's what you love. Be of good courage. Some of you are in a content place and relatives keep trying to come over to tell you how you need to improve on what you're doing so that you can be better. And their own lives are just jacked up. Be of good courage. What's important to God needs to be important to you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this message. I thank you, God, for this body of believers, God. I thank you for the simplicity of the word that you give in here. And God, I just thank you, Lord, that godly contentment is what we all need. So I pray right now for every family, every man, every woman, every single person, everyone in here under the sound of my voice, I pray that they find godly contentment so that their relationships can be strengthened. Their relationship with each other and with you can be strengthened. And I speak against the sorcery of the internet, the sorcery and witchcraft of relatives, words that come into their homes to wreck their marriages and families, things that people speak out of jealousy and hate because they don't want to see them in a a better state. I speak against those things right now with the authority that you've given me to even preach this message, God. With that same authority, I speak against it. Negative comments that were made on that girl, on that boy, Now they've grown up with negative stigmatisms that they live under and their heavy weights on them. It's making them sick. It's making them gain weight. It's making them not eat. It's making them, it's just messing them up. We speak against those things right now. And Father God, I pray, you said if any man be in you, he is a new creation. I pray that you recreate their minds and their hearts, God, so that they will not be moved by what people think. And what people say. 
No one has the right to put stigmas on people based on what they've been through. So we erase them right now. Every mind, every heart in this place that we will be adamant believers, God, that don't have to carry the weight of people's opinion. Free them right now. Almost half of this congregation moved from somewhere else. And most of them were told that if they came down here, it was a mistake. But we pray and speak against that right now in the name of Jesus. God, that you will provide shelter for them from the opinions of people. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a true church perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas. 76124 or donate online at www.exministries.com